Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Rise to the Top, the number one show for mediapreneurs. I'm David Seitman Garland. It's all about building your kick butt platform, growing your audience like a weed, making that bling bling, doing it the right way. Hello, hello, my friends. Back to the roots today of the Rise to the Top. We're kicking it old school style. I've got, a, you know, really what we're doing here is, is a very a conversation. It's sort of like sitting on my shoulder as I have a conversation with a buddy uh, where you can pick up all kinds of delicious insights for your biz. So Andy Drish is going to be joining me today. And I was just talking with Andy. It's funny, uh, via email a little bit while back. And Andy is a, is a partner in this company called The Foundation. Um, I, had, I had the other founder, Dane Maxwell, on last year. And basically what they do is they're mediapreneurs teaching people how to create their own software companies that have no software skills whatsoever. And what's interesting, though, is that recently they launched a podcast uh, from scratch that is now doing 10 to 15,000 downloads an episode. So I decided to have Andy come on, talk a little bit about the strategy, share some insights. We get into a very, very casual conversation here on the Rise to the Top. Hope you enjoy it uh, coming up here. Now, uh, we got a, a few little shouts here before we get started. First of all, sponsors are so awesome that in fact that I've got two of them for you for the Rise to the Top today. First of all, our good friends at Citrix Online, go to webinar. You know, I've tried all the webinar platforms out there and, you know, there's a lot of them. You know, easiest one by far that that you can just basically just click a button and get started. I mean, you know, no one wants to deal with all the technical crap that goes along with webinars and stuff like that. I would highly recommend go to webinar. If you want to check it out, give it the old college try. Head over to gotowebinar.com. Enter the promo code RISE. You get 45 days free on me. Great deal there. Check that out. And also lead pages. The easiest way to make landing pages, opt-in pages, video sales pages, heck, freaking any freaking page. Uh, just <laughs> uh, lead pages. Uh, check it out, therisetop.com slash lead pages and reminder if you haven't already hop on that rise vip email list you can get episodes like that and all kinds of goodies from me at the rise slash vip all right that's enough intro let's get into it here it is conversation with andy drish on the rise to the top all right my friend so uh joined here we were just having a little pre-conversation and then i realized you know what? we got to hit the record button uh we don't want to miss any of this good stuff andy drish welcome to the rise to the top my friend thanks brother and first of all it's funny because I, I i was literally going to do a solo episode today just kind of me maybe answering some questions or something like that and then next thing you know we're talking via email and you were sharing some cool stuff that's going on so actually you know for our interview portion here before we get into our real conversation <laughs> here um tell us just kind of a little like for people that are just meeting you through you know the rise to the top here give us the little the little andy drish spiel here a little bit about yourself cool 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 um grew up in a town of 600 people in iowa uh, yeah, went to school, did the traditional thing of get good jobs, get a good grade or get good grades, get a good job. Um, and hated my life in corporate America. Uh, ended up quitting that built a real estate marketing company, uh, and sold that. And then partnered with my, uh, one of my best friends, Dane Maxwell last year. And we co-founded the foundation together. And the foundation is a six month incubator for people starting software companies, uh, if they have no idea, no coding skills, and limited cash to get started. And that's like the quick little 20-second version of... Now, now, how'd you even get involved? And I remember, because Dane came on the show, I think it was when? Last year? Last year sometime, yeah. yeah last, last year sometime. And we kind of talked about, you know, uh, foundation stuff like that. I know we got some people from, you know, that are listeners and stuff of the show that have, have yeah. been involved in foundation. What, how did, why did you get involved with that? Just out of curiosity. 
Well, what really happened, man, we, uh, so in 2008 or something, I start my corporate job and I was, I was doing the blogging thing in like 2007 and I was trying to get traffic with the blog and, you know, build my subscribers and blah, 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 blah. And about a, I don't know, six months or a year into uh, my corporate job, two years into the blogging world, I had this like come to Jesus moment where I'm like, can I swear on this? Oh, swear away, my friend. We are Fuck. I'm explicit as balls here. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like no closer to getting to, to, to quitting my job, which was the entire reason of taking it in the first place. And, uh, one of my mentors introduced me to Dane. We, uh, we went and got you know, tea or coffee one day and he's Dane's three or four years older than me. And he is, uh, he's the first person that I've met that's young, that's actually generating revenue and actually building a business. All of my friends were in like the blogging space and, you know, worried about subscribers and followers and Facebook friends and stuff. And, uh, and so at that moment I was like, I'm, I'm doing something wrong. He knows something I don't know. And, uh, and then he introduced me to the world of direct response. And so we spent the next like four or five years building, like studying direct response, kind of doing our own things. And then, uh, Last year was the first year where we decided to actually go into business together. Nice. And for people that don't know, real quick here, the foundation, which Andy, you just mentioned, like, but, but just, to, just to give it to folks out there in general. I mean, the idea behind it, it's basically a mentorship teaching program, teaching people, how to, people that don't, don't know how to create software, how to create software and turn it into like a business, right? Yep. Exactly. I mean, is that, is that, was that like a, a fair way of uh, looking at it? Yeah, that's exactly, that's a great way of looking at it. And what's interesting is that I was, we were kind of talking by email today, you know, and you were talking about how you've done, you know, a lot of big launches and different stuff that's going on, but I was interested in talking a little podcasting. Yeah, uh, let's do it. Because you've got this uh, starting from nothing, uh, the foundation podcast that you have going on. Uh, You mentioned to me in the email that you're now, you basically went from nothing to like 10 to 15K downloads per episode within a few weeks. Yeah. Um, before we even get in, into kind of talking that story a little bit, I find it interesting that, man, there are so many people launching podcasts right now. It's unbelievable. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. It's just blowing up right now. Why do you think that is? Uh, I, what, I guess I was at blog world in January and hang out with, you know, we were talking about Jamie Tardy, Pat Flynn, John Dumas, and they, everybody there was preaching podcasts in January and talking about, uh, the the power of it and and that's what that was what really flipped it for me was like that was when we decided to do it but i think the reason so many people are doing it is because uh it's just a tr- I, I i personally see itunes as becoming a search engine for content you know i think uh, people are getting away from going to google and typing in how do i build a business how do i build a software company or whatever it is because marketers have corrupted it so much and uh and they haven't in itunes yet soon but, right soon <laughs> no it's funny because I, mean, I can't tell you man like just going through facebook and stuff is super interesting to me like I, I, i'm on facebook and i'm looking through you know just like random news feeds and i'm like going you know just taking a peek and i can't tell you how often now i'm seeing people that are you know i, I you know what i mean by this like kind of like big names you know yeah. in a certain respect whether it's in marketing or online marketing or just whatever it is talking about the launches of their podcast. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And to me, it's fascinating being in this since uh, I feel like I'm like old man time. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like that I've been, like years, 40. <laughs> been in here. Yeah. I'm like a thousand years old here at the age of 29 being in this since 2008, you know, which was kind of the cusp of like, right after only tech nerds could do it and figure it out. You know what I mean? And it was yeah, like totally. into the just getting into it. And it's just it just seems to me it's very interesting. And that's what brings up this topic of sort of, you know, 
let's talk about kind of this launch and this idea behind this podcast because uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this and I might be, but you know the the podcast is not your business. Foundation is the business, correct? Yeah. Totally. Okay. So you have Completely. a program. So so the podcast in many respects besides being fun and growing audience it's really also something that can funnel into this program so meaning that you have an existing business it's not like you have no business and yep. you're just starting a podcast for fun and you're hoping that the podcast turns into a business one day it's more the opposite way around is that is is that pretty much the case here yeah yeah the 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 strategy behind it is that if iTunes is going to become a search engine for content we want to have some sort of position in there for when people are searching for it and uh we figured we'd hop on that train as early as we could. Um, but yeah, using it really as a way to generate leads for the foundation program. Cool. So we're not, you know, and yeah, we could do, we could sell sponsorships or ads or whatever else that we want to do with it. But ultimately, we want leads to put people in the foundation. Right. And, th and that's the interesting thing to think about too, is that people take podcasts, I think, from two perspectives, right? Like either yep. one is they say, okay, it's kind of the, I don't want to call it a wantpreneur, but it is a little bit in the words yep. of Noah Kagan, right? Which yep. is the idea of like, I'm going to start a show and then there's going to be a business at some point, right? Yep. And that yep. can be tricky to say the least, right? Yeah, and, totally. And the other way, which is the approach you've kind of taken, is that you say, okay, I have a business. This can support it. Right? Yes. And, and I think that's such a smart way of looking at it because really the business model is irrelevant. Exactly. Because couldn't anyone do that? I mean, anyone could do that, right? Exactly. Yeah. It, 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 the, when you're describing this, it reminds me of when I was trying to start a blog, you know, six years ago or whatever it was. And it was like, oh, I'll just start a blog. And once I get a blog, then everything else will work. World domination. There's a, it's in there at some yeah, point, totally. right? It's like, it's like become famous. The guy's like, all right, here's the plan. Ready? Start blog. He's like, <laughs> number two world domination you're like wait there's something missing there's something missing i'm not sure 100 percent what it is but it might intrigued. actually be a business um so so you know here's what's cool i'm reading this right off of itunes right here so the podcast is called uh starting from nothing the foundation podcast building your business entirely from scratch um and i'm just gonna read this out loud because i think this is so well written um and i know you guys are big on copies so it says how do you start a business when you have no money no experience no credibility or have no idea this podcast will show you how Every week, successful entrepreneurs share the strategies of how they built their businesses entirely from scratch. No silver spoons, no magic bullets, no monkey business, just hustling and using strategies that work. And the best part, for each episode, we create a custom action guide so you know exactly what action steps to take when you're done listening. You can download each action guide for free at Foundation Podcast, uh, thefoundationpodcast.com. So tell me, how did you come up with this concept and why, why did you see that as a fit for you guys? Yeah, it took it took us about three months to figure out the positioning, and uh, and and generally, like you know, if I think if you're just getting started with business, it's all about action, like move quickly and stuff. But we're we're in a position uh, where the model's established, the business is going, and so we spend a little more time thinking through things. Um, what so you have you read uh, scientific advertising? I think is that Eugene Schwartz stuff? Yeah, it's one of those things that like everyone's probably supposed to read that I haven't read, so yeah, I was like too busy playing softball or something. <laughs> I, uh, I, I read through it at one point. He talks about the five levels of market sophistication and, and vision with Mindvalley. Yep. Whenever they launch a product, this is where they always start the product with. And, and you basically start by looking at uh, where is the market at in the, in the evolution of the market. And so mm -hmm. with raz let's take ra razors, for example. When razors first started, 
the the market had no idea what razors were, and so they actually had to educate people on why they should use razors. So it's like, yep. oh, guys, um, if you have a smooth face, you're gonna get laid more, or whatever it is. Right, right. And then, uh, and then, like the next step is um, once once they understand they should shave, and then it's like, oh, why is why is this razor better than the other razor? Right, and it's like, oh, this one has two blades, this one has three. And then as it gets more sophisticated, now, like if you look at razor ads, it's just it's crazy. They've got like flashlights on them and like vibrating things. It's just nuts. Right. Uh, it's it's but, a, that the market's evolved to like that. There's a, now a general understanding of it. It moves through those five levels. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So so in the in the podcasting market, uh, yeah. We, we saw kind of this trend of a lot of people entering into it. And so now it's you can't just do an interview show anymore. No, absolutely not. Absolutely and, not. Exactly. So you have to have some sort of angle or, you know, a little smaller niche thing and a more of a unique thing. Uh, with us, most people who come to us are people who are just getting started. Uh, they're, they're generally starting in a position where they, they don't want to raise venture capital. They have no idea what that actually even looks like. Uh, and they just want to build a business, you know, from the ground up. That's not going to cost a lot of money to get going. And so uh, what we realized is, is we, one of our top students got interviewed on Mixergy last year, Sam Ovens. And this interview, people went crazy over it. And he was only making like $3,000 a month. Uh, and what happens for the person who's making $0 a month or $1,000 a month, when they hear a story of somebody who's making 3000 or 5000 or $10,000 a month, they can relate to that person because they can see exactly where that person's at and how they got to that level. But when you, when you interview like Tim Ferriss, you're like, holy shit, man, how do you even, how do you even begin to relate to him? It's really hard to. Oh, I, 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 it's such a good point. It's, it's such a good point. It's like sometimes, and, and I talk about that a lot of times in sort of the, the realm that I don't really love, like which some people call like traditional internet marketing, right? Yeah. The realm I don't yeah. love. When people come out and they start talking about these multi-million dollar launches and like their email list is the size of like a small country. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? And I think it can, yeah, be totally. very, it can be very intimidating for people at all other levels, all other levels. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it actually, it makes you like feel bad about yourself. You're like, God. I can never like you can never get there. You almost feel this almost like hopeless feeling, right? Um, and I think yeah, you know, it's it's interesting that when you asked me about like how we met Dane, the reason it was meeting him was so powerful for me is because you know he was you know five or ten grand a month in revenue at that point, not a whole lot, but that was more than I had ever seen from somebody my age. Mm -hmm. And so seeing that person, I think I think honestly for all of us, like uh, seeing the person who's the next step ahead, like whatever that next level is, that's who you want to be hanging out with. That's who you want to be listening to, not the person who's you know at you know doing ten million dollars a year. There's there's lessons there, but the lessons you're learning just aren't applicable to where you're at and since we're all overloaded with content anyway yeah um, yeah and I totally agree and what's interesting now with so many people launching podcasts I think you hit a good point uh, which I agree and, and, and this is I've you know I've got hundreds of students that have launched podcasts and web shows and stuff over the last you know several years and when I study kind of who's doing well and who's not doing so well right yeah um, you know things that are more general of course are not doing as well um, yeah. and it's funny cause it's like the first thing I always teach is like, we need to really nail down and people get nervous about that. Um, and they get, you know, concerned that, you know, it's gonna be like that, but you know, you go out there and you can see that there's so many interview shows that are like a dime a dozen right now, um, mm -hmm. where it's the same type of interview, the same people. And yep. it's just good to see that someone else is kind of breaking out of that rut, you know, which you guys yeah, did. Well, well 
Well, and the thing is, you know, we're still doing we're still doing interviews, and and it's it's a very similar model. It's just we're focused on a different demographic. I think I think the other the other thing that we really wanted to happen is that when somebody's searching for content in iTunes, you, you know, that we talk about meeting the market where they're at. And so if you want to, if you want to sell like a, a dating product to guys, guys like the market where they're at is like, oh, what's the pickup line that's going to work? Mm-hmm. Like what, what can I say to a girl where I can walk up to her and not feel nervous and have her give me her phone number and then walk away? Uh, that's what guys want. So with, with entrepreneurs, when they're searching for iTunes, they want to hear the, the people that we were wanting to target anyway. They want to hear the stories of like who are people that started with nothing from their college dorm room and built a business while they had a full-time job or while they had a family. And it's, you know, it's actually really frustrating that the media doesn't share more stories like this. They're more in, interested in like the Instagrams and like the right. tumblers of the world because they're newsworthy. But like, what about like, what about like, uh, you know, one, one of the guys in our program is like a father with like three boys and stuff, like building a business on the side. Like those are really cool stories that so many more people can relate to. Yeah, I agree. And I'm one of them um, because meaning like, you know, I've never raised money. You yeah. Know, I've never been interested in raising money. Um, it, it, you know, I'm not saying it'll never happen ever, ever in the history of my life. I, I have no idea. Probably not though. Right. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you're right though. It's just like the way that stuff is publicized. It's, it's, there's a gap there for sure. And you know, one challenge though, and I'm just curious about how you guys kind of approach this is there's a lot of people out there that say, okay, I totally get it. I get the niche. I get the space. I get what you guys are doing. But when you start working with the kind of quote unquote, starting from nothing crowd. Okay. Yeah. Um, let's just call that for a second. Um, is there a concern there that that the problem with those f- types of folks is they've got no money to spend on anything? Um, or is that have you found really that just not to necessarily be true? It's a really good question. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily true. Uh, I think I think most of the people most of the people who are starting from nothing they're at least like our our best clients and the people who come through the program, our best students, they're generally working. Here's what generally happens is that they're working a full-time job and they're listening to like, uh, they're probably listening to you at some point, honestly, like on their way to work or during work when they're supposed to be doing stuff. It's not that they don't have money. They're, they're, uh, they're, and the people who are generally really successful are, um, they have decent jobs and they're at that, like, you know, Gary V talks about like that 90 to 95% happiness. They're like happy. Um, they're just like, there's something more and they feel called to be doing something bigger. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, it's interesting. I guess like there's, there's, there's people that definitely take different views on that. I was just saying like, okay, like, you know, all right, I understand what you're saying, Andy, but you know, um, I don't want to go into the market of beginner type stuff, but you guys are kind of, I mean, cause foundation is not a, not an inexpensive program. No, no, we're uh, like, yeah, three, six and 12 grand are the levels. Yeah. It's what three, 3,000, 6,000 and 12,000. But I think that's like more exciting than anything because I mean, you see people that, that, you know, are scared to put the prices they deserve on stuff. You know, or or the the value of it, because you know, if you think about this, I mean, I guess it's it's sort of proof in the pudding there that there are people that are going to spend this that you know for this type of training. Yeah, and I th- I think the other thing with that is it's it's definitely uh, a reflection of the value, but it's also a reflection of the commitment a person has to themselves. Uh, I remember I, I went to like you know I spent like 
five grand or something to go to a Tony Robbins conference a few years ago that was six days long. And like writing a check for five grand for me was a shitload at the time. Right. And, uh, and it was really scary, but I was so in and I was so invested in getting as much as I possibly could out of it. And so uh, that's one thing I like about having high prices is that when people commit, like they're in and they're ready to work. Yeah, that's a good point too. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've talked about that before. It's like if you give the lower price stuff, it's just, it's just, you just don't feel it. So therefore, yeah. do I mean, you don't, it's not necessarily a commitment. So getting back kind of to the, uh, to the podcast a little bit, you guys, see, this is what's interesting about it is that there's, there's people out here all the time. They're just, you know, they have an idea. They're worried everything's done out there, all that kind of stuff. You guys get started here and you go from kind of nothing to 10 to 15K down, uh, downloads per episode in a few weeks. What was sort of the uh, strategy there? How did that kind of happen? Yeah, so after talking, you know, we uh, we worked with John Dumas a little bit, worked with Jamie a little bit, worked with Pat a little bit. They, they all gave us uh, some good advice. And uh, in the iTunes store, basically, there's this eight-week window. Are you, are you familiar with this? Uh, no, I probably should be. So go for it. Okay, cool. So there's like this eight week window of when you're in the new and noteworthy section and, uh, you have basically eight weeks. The algorithm is based in your favor at some level. I don't really understand exactly how this works, but I know that, uh, the algorithm comes down to the number of reviews that you get and the number of downloads that you have during that period of time. Okay. And so, so what you want to do is you want to optimize for the most number of downloads and reviews that you can possibly get as quickly as possible. Uh, so, uh, so what we did with, with our podcast is when we launched the podcast, we had four episodes in the gate ready to go. And so, uh, so kind of a backlog of four episodes and then we promoted it to our list. And one of, one of the people that we interviewed right at the beginning is Evan Pagan, mm -hmm. uh, the dude from double year dating. Yep. And, uh, and we talked with him. We told it he was he was promoting uh, his accelerate event, which was like two weeks ago, and uh, we told him we didn't want to take an affiliate cut on it, but we would love if he could comp us a ticket that we could give away, uh, and we would give it away to one of the listeners. So, so what we did is in to to launch the podcast, we created this contest where people could enter the contest if they subscribed to our podcast and left us a review, like whatever they felt about how the, the quality of the podcast was. And then if they did those things and emailed us, they would be entered into the contest to win a ticket to Evan Pagan's event. It was like a five or $10,000 ticket something like that. Very cool. So, and then, and then we've had, we had, we had the email list built ahead of time, um, which helped a ton with that, of course. Um, but so, so because of that series of events, a lot of people would go, they would subscribe. Now when somebody subscribes, what it does is it automatically downloads all of the past episodes. So instead of uh, you know, launching with one, uh, one podcast and getting one download, when people subscribe, all of a sudden we get four downloads. And so it shot up really, really quickly because of that. Uh, interesting. So it's kind of like, yeah, that's, that's, a really, that's a really interesting strategy too of the four episodes and the the kind of the stacking there too and also incentivizing people because I mean you guys got what you now have over like 200 plus reviews something like that pretty quickly yeah and, yeah, and, quickly. and, and what was kind of the secret to that I mean obviously you had the contests is there anything else that you did well it was really it? in the contest they had to they had to subscribe and they had to leave us a review so both of them um to enter the contest and uh and the contest just went really well I think people are really digging contests right now um and that with with it being a pretty cool 
a pretty cool prize with Eben's interview. So the, the interview is around how Eben built, you know, how he went from being this heavy metal in a heavy metal Christian rock band was where he started pretty much living in a trailer park uh, to selling over $150 million worth of information products. And so that was like the focus was his start. And then, uh, and then his event was teaching uh, basically how he, how he scaled past seven figures. Uh, so it was just all of that was really aligned really well to get to get a lot of reviews and downloads. Interesting. And, and by the way, format for your show. Um, I, I'm curious also, you know, it's an interview show. Um, you know, how are you guys or are you guys plugging foundation in there or like how are you getting, you know, are you using it? Uh, are you using yeah. it sort of, you know, how are you bringing new people into the funnel? Like how, how is that kind of working? Really good. Like, uh, we're not really good at this yet. Um, we, I, what I did notice when, when, uh, when we launched our leads that we are getting, uh, increased, a, a significant amount when, when the, when we launched like the first eight weeks or so, uh, one thing that we did, as you saw in like the copy, we've been creating custom action guides for every single episode. And at the, at the end of every episode it's like, Hey, if you want the custom action guide to see what you need to implement, just go opt into the foundation. We've, we've generated close to a thousand leads just from that, just from having that one opt-in, uh, what we will be doing next which we haven't figured out the technical piece yet. Um, but what we will be doing next is the problem is trying to get people to go from their phone where they're like jogging or driving their right. car to opting in, which is kind of a hard transition. So we're going to, for the action guide, we're going to try uh, creating a system so they can do that by texting. Text your email address right now and, uh, and you'll get opted in. And you can and so fall, we're gonna- fall off the treadmill and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Don't crash into the side of the road or anything like that. So, so we'll try. Uh, we'll try that and see what happens. Very cool. And 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 uh, and is it just you hosting the show, Andy? Uh, I'm doing. I'm doing all the interviews. We hired uh, our Chris Mason. He's our producer, and so he's pretty much taking care of all of the technical stuff. He does pre-interviews. He writes all the copy. Uh, he's he's incredible. <laughs> so, and how's your experience been as a host? Have you hosted stuff before? Or is this the first time? This is the first time of really hosting like hosting like a podcast and stuff. It's really fun, man. Uh how, how you've been doing this since 2008, right? Yeah, yeah. Way back yeah. in the day. It's cool. I can uh it's co- I can feel like how relaxed you are and how natural it is for you. It doesn't always feel that way for me at times. I feel uh sometimes I'm just like, "Uh what do I ask now?" and I but uh yeah, overall, I'm, I've really enjoyed it. It's fun. What I've noticed is the, the quality of the interview is directly proportionate to the amount of excitement that I have going into it. So if it's somebody that I'm really excited about interviewing, of course, it's going to be better. But uh, Yeah, it. I've noticed that too. And I've had some like in the past where I was just like, well, I was transitioning topics or stuff was going on where I just like had people that I like just super was not excited about. Yeah. yeah. And it certainly reflects in the interview. I'm like, you know what I mean? Like I try my best, but yeah. You know, you have to be interested in the types of people that you're you're talking to, for sure. Dude, how uh with stuff with you, how what have you what have you done to get people to transition? Uh me, meaning to to transition uh, in terms of to get leads. Uh to get leads. Yeah, I mean, so there's a few things, you know, during the during that we well, first of all, the site is always set up as a lead machine, you know. Yeah. Um, in terms of opt-ins and stuff, um, you know, I, a lot of times I'm just plugging very simple sites during, during rise to top people know this. So like, you know, I'm, I'm always encouraging people to sign up to the rise VIP list. I have, you know, a very easy to remember URL for that. So it's like the rise slash VIP. 
um, you know, which is just basically an email opt-in box on a page, you know. Yep. Um, and then when we have free courses or we have free stuff that we, we have free uh, video series stuff like that, I'm always promoting the URLs in the episodes, um, you know. And then we just put some, you know, we could put some tracking on it. But but um, you know, I think that's kind of you know, it's interesting too, is the way that you want to look at. I think web shows and podcasts can really serve two, you know, sort of different purposes depending on which way you want to go at the same time, right? Yeah. So number one is you're you're giving something of value to your current list. Yep. Where you're not pitching them a bunch of stuff all the time. Yep. You know, um, so it's like you know content you know for your list, but then it's also bringing in new people and it's, and it's balancing that stuff out, which is very interesting for me. You know, uh, yeah. and figuring that out is like, you know, do people come in throughout some other way and then they find the podcast, you know, from there or are they coming in via the podcast and finding other stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so there's not there's not a perfect answer to that. Um, but, you know, I'm always, you know, we use our show notes. Um, you know, a lot of times I try to get people to the site to watch or listen, even though we have a, a good a good following on iTunes as well. Um, so <laughs> it's not it's not really a magic formula, honestly. Are you are you? Uh... <clears throat> Are you still? Do I know we're doing audio right now. Are you still doing a lot of video too? Yeah, I mean, mixing it up. I mean, uh, you know, and and it's funny because I was gonna do like kind of a solo episode today, like I said, and kind of talk about some stuff. But it was, you know, we're kind of, you know, I've been doing this for so long now, um, yeah. in, in in terms of internet years, you know, of like, you know, just <laughs> just every single thing, and and like it's it's hard sometimes not to get burnt out. Number yeah. one, and it's hard to kind of do the same, I mean, just the same thing for years and years and years. So I, I've been experimenting with uh, a few different things, I'd say, over the last two months. Um, you know, and, 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 and data-wise, I, I can't tell you, but I can tell you kind of feeling-wise on certain things. So for example, um, you know, uh, we started doing some Google Hangouts. Oh, nice. You know what I mean? Did a few couple Rise to Top Live episodes. I really like Google Hangouts. They're really cool. Um, I've done some uh, mini lessons where it's basically me coming on and teaching for 15 to 20 minutes uh, on video over PowerPoint. Nice. Right? Which, which, yeah. which have gotten a big response and, and, and folks know that. Um, and, you know, mixed in with um, having a guest instructor come on and teach through slides uh, for a certain period of time as well. Um, but, you know, for me, it, it's, it's tough, man, because I, and, and this really has nothing to do with everyone that's listening and, and, and watching this stuff right now. Meaning like when I make decisions on this, a lot of times I hate to say it, it's it's a lot of times it's pretty selfish. Yeah. Just because I want to not go crazy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like and I've been oh, yeah. doing it for so long, man. I'm just trying to find that medium of like what can I create that's valuable that people want to listen or watch uh, that I can do over and over again um, and also not want to jump out a window right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. And yeah, so, you've got to have that fresh, new, fun stuff that's happening. Yeah, like for me today, doing this very casual conversation is like super fun because yeah. because the reason for that is because I feel like a lot of the episodes I've done lately and given out to people and I love them, but they're very teaching heavy. Yeah. It's very do this, do that, et cetera, and there's big value there, but it also, it's not, frankly, can be a little burnout and not be quite as fun as just kind of coming on for a chat and recording it. Like, we're, like, this would be the same type of conversation we would have if we were grabbing a cocktail here in St. Louis. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And, and you know what I really like? I hate what, what frustrates me at times is getting into the role of either, either asking and acting like the person has all the answers or being in the role where 
you know, I'm acting like I have all the answers when the truth is like half the time, I don't know what the hell I'm doing and we're just trying stuff and some stuff works and some stuff doesn't. Yeah. Uh, and I think you've got to not be afraid of, to try different things. I mean, that, that's what I think some people just get stuck, right? And they just like, they're just going to do it and they're going to run something into the ground. For me, I always have to try to change and evolve. Not every call I make is right. Yeah. You know what I mean? By any means. Um, and sometimes I change back. I change. It's funny. My poor, poor Linda, who is my, uh, one of my assistants who, who, who works on my scheduling and stuff like that. I send her like a new set of rules like every week. Every week. Like I'm just like change everything, scratch it all. Here's what we're going to need to do. And I feel bad because like, you know, that, that stuff happens. But, you know, when you're in this and, and you're trying to do it for a long haul, you know, there's going to be some kind of zigs and zags in evolution of it. Because yeah. you're just not going to do the same thing over and over again. I mean, like for me, having a real casual audio conversation right now is like very kind of refreshing. And, I, and I've, been in, I've, I've been on every side of interviews, you know, yeah. and I've seen, I've been involved in some real shitty ones and some real awesome ones and stuff like that. And yeah. I think, I, I don't know, I kind of crave a conversation now more than anything as opposed to me drilling someone. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where, where I'm kind of in the near future. That was my latest email to Linda today. I was like, okay, we're bringing back the casual conversation. <laughs> I tell you what, it's, it's often the casual conversations are the most revealing though. Well, yeah, I agree because I was looking at some stuff today, like this morning, and I was like, what? Like just without any agenda, I was like kind of looking through some past episodes and I saw that there was a little period of time and, and, and it was maybe uh, four or five, maybe five months ago, somewhere around there four or five, I don't know, whatever it was, where yeah. I did a series of kind of audio stuff. And we had uh, the Tropical NBA dude and we had yeah. Amy Porterfield and stuff like that where it was just, just like this. And, yeah. you know, for me, I think it was the most fun. And yeah. the funny thing was, I was like, but, well, will people find it valuable? What do you think they said in the comments? The comments were like crazy Absolutely. valuable. Absolutely. I don't know why, but maybe we could figure that out, you know? Yeah, that is really interesting. I think, it, it, I think it's the eavesdropping thing, kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's a big difference between, you know, kind of amping up and doing a teaching show, you know, or doing something like that that's very structured uh, mm-hmm. versus just like a free-flowing conversation, you know? Yeah, I, I think part of it goes back to uh, the relatability as well. Oh, like for when, sure. When people are in that teacher role, like, I'm just like, really? Seriously? Like, I just sometimes I just can't relate. Uh, well, I think I think the issue also is if teaching is your business, right? For yeah. a lot of people, it is. Okay, so meaning like you know, and yours is an extent with with the foundation, right? So so yep. meaning like if teaching is your business and like you spend your time, like you know, I have you know, creating products around teaching, teaching, teaching. <laughs> it you it's hard to do that twenty four seven. I don't care who you are, right? Yeah. And so it's, sometimes yeah. it's good to get a, a mental break for yourself. And also kind of say like, hey, listen, here's also the difference between sort of the free and the paid too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, totally. But, totally, man. But it's cool stuff, man. I, I appreciate you flipping that, uh, that f- flipping that shiznit on me today, brother. So <laughs> I, um, I think we're going to wrap it soon because I've got a uh, hockey game to get to tonight. Even though I'm still semi-sick from last week, we're going to do my best. Uh, Roller hockey or ice hockey? Uh, actually, it's even, it's even more awkward. Um, is We've got floor hockey on Wednesday nights. Floor hockey. Yeah, hockey. my team, the Mighty Ducks, three-time champions. Um, oh, no we are uh, in action. So I'm going to let you go here, Andy in a second but I want you to at this point for sure what are some links we can give out to people 
uh, to either check out podcast or wherever we want to send them. Uh, shameless plug moment here for you. Oh, sweet dude. Um, so shameless plug moment, the foundation podcast.com. That's where starting from nothing show is. Um, it's awesome. I would love if you check that out. It's like I said, super fun stuff. Uh, and then, at thefoundation.com, if you're curious at all what we're doing or if you're in a position where you're like, oh, this guy's full of shit, is this, is this really actually happening? Um, we've got a, uh, a case study from Sam who was our star student from the year before last. Uh, we'll have a new one in the next month or so. But he was interviewed on Mixergy, and we've got uh, that whole case study that you can check out and show it'll show you how this 22-year-old New Zealand kid went from pretty much not knowing how to code, having little money in the bank and no idea and building a really, really uh, impressive software company out of that. And uh, that's all at thefoundation.com. Very cool. All he had was a cool accent. And now yep. he has a software all you company. Need. If you got the accent, everything else uh, will just kind of fall just in falls place. into place. <laughs> um, all right, Andy. Well, thanks, my man. This was great. I'll make sure to link that up, thefoundationpodcast.com. Make sure to make sure check that out. And thefoundation.com. Download the famous case study check it out. Uh, Andy, pleasure, my man. We'll talk Dude, soon. All right. Thanks brother. Sounds awesome, man. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Andy on the way out. Few reminders, of course, hop on that rise VIP email list, the rise slash VIP, get episodes like this and more goodies and hear about upcoming workshops, all kinds of cool stuff like that. Uh, on the VIP email list, a big thank you to our sponsors. Go to webinar by our good friends at Citrix online. Remember 45 day free trial of go to webinar. Go to the uh, go to webinar.com, enter the promo code RISE, and the easiest way to make opt-in pages and squeeze pages and video sales pages, basically all those sexy pages you need to make, lead pages, check it out, therisetop.com slash lead pages. So I will see you next time. I'm David Seitman-Garland, and remember, if you want some fluff, you know what to do. Go pet a bunny. You gotta be, you gotta be, you gotta be, you gotta be.